Bonsoir et bienvenue à Film Bastards. Je m'appelle Ian Loring et mon frère... Oh, is that me? Matt Foster, hello everybody. <laughs> Bonsoir. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that then, because, uh, yeah, I don't wanna, also don't want to offend anyone. Not sure that was that was all right. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name's Ian Loring. Welcome to Film Bastards. Mark's there. Becky's not just yet, but she will be in a bit. Um, and, yeah, I am recording in a static caravan-esque environ in uh, southern France. So uh, I probably don't sound as good as I usually do, and there may be some background noise. Apologies. I've closed the door now, Mark, because there was a kid kind of whining like a little dickhead outside, yeah, and I had to put paid to that. Yeah. yeah. Had to put paid to that. So, coming up on this week's show, some not-at-all-French films. Uh, we will be talking about the Finnish film, uh, Sisu, the... Um, Nazi, uh, the man, one man fight against Nazis film, um, as well as the um, just plain odd uh, Robert Rodriguez directed Ben Affleck starring Hypnotic. Oh, we'll get into it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that that that's going to be a conversation. Yes, um, I, 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 my, my, my feelings towards that film are probably way too strong for what it might actually deserve. Yeah, I, 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 well, yeah, get into it. It's a, yeah, that's a film. Um, okay, we'll also, you know, we'll talk to movie news, uh, I think, trailer talk, yeah, 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 trailer talk, uh, what we've been watching and whatnot. Um, I've I, I, I just got to say, um, I, I just... Uh, off mic was talking to Mark about what what we're doing and stuff, and like tomorrow we're saying, oh, we're off to uh, some caves tomorrow, and they got like the world's oldest cave paintings. And Mark just straight away was like, what the cave, the cave of forgotten dreams? I was like, fuck, fuck. And it's like they don't, they don't. Talk, I, I swear they don't talk about that in the fucking publicity. But yeah, tomorrow. I am going to the cave that Werner Herzog uh, made a documentary about, and I didn't even fucking know. Yeah, using the Avatar cameras, remember, <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, it was in 3D. I saw it in the watershed in Bristol in 3D. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a, a Q&A um, with um, Werner Herzog. At the, the, it was like the premiere of the film, where he basically explained that... Um, Cameron let them use the cameras for free um, because uh, Herzog said that it was an educational documentary and he wouldn't make any money off it the minute after the premiere, after it had its cinematic run, um, it would then go, or like the actual film would then go to um, schools and be used um, as like an educational video. Hmm. <laughs> And, and, and then somebody started asking questions, and he just started saying, talking about how so much of the stuff in it is like not true. And it's like, hang on a minute, Werner, you've made an educational movie for schools, but some of the stuff he's saying isn't true. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and you just watch it going, this is the most Werner Herzog thing you can imagine. 
that's funny. Oh, God uh, bless that man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's, uh, next week, I'll talk about the actual cave of forgotten dreams. I suppose, not the doc. I'm really um, looking forward to that. So yeah, I'm, I'm really genuinely like really happy that you got into that. It's going to be great. Yeah, no, it's going to be great because that film was awesome and it looked amazing. So yeah. I've got I've got some real context for it now. And then Thursday, I'm going fucking kayaking. Oh, nice! Never thought I'd go kayaking, but the the the, the, the dude in the family that we we've come here with, he's outdoorsy. Oh, oh, he's he's oh he's outdoorsy. We went down to a river today. And I shit you not, right? Donna was swimming in the fucking river and a bird of prey came down right in front of her, just plucked a fucking fish out and then <laughs> fucked off right in front of her. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> like, it was... So, and he was a fucking big boy. Like, and she, she was, she was alright. She was just like, wow, that was amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's good. Good trip, actually. I gotta say, it South of France. Great, mate. <laughs> yeah, South of France is all right, man. Absolutely. Some fucking. I, I told you this already, but for the audience, some French kids were like, um, I thought I was having trouble opening a the gate. These French kids came along and like opened it up, and they just went, um, "Are you English?" And I was just like, "Yep." And they were like. It, it is easy for French people, not, not, not so easy for English. And I, I was just like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right, mate, yeah. And they just didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, cool. I'm not used, yeah, they just didn't know what to say. And, and it just stopped talking to me, stopped eye contact straight away and just went off on my day. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, I've cured some xenophobia or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just going, yeah. Don't take the piss out of me. I know. Um, so yeah, no, good. Um, I w- Just one last thing as well. They got a water park here. Health and safety standards in France, maybe not not quite so much as England. The top of the wa- the shoots. There's nobody there. There's no indication of when to go. So people <laughs> will fucking, fucking pile up at the end of the shoots. It is hilarious. <laughs> um, I saw like five kids, like, like it's the French teenagers yesterday, just go down this shoot all clumped together. And the girl at the back who, bless her, was a bit bigger like than all of the lads was fucking screaming on her way down. Like something had gone wrong. Um, and it was, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was something, but a- a- anyway, yeah. Um, uh, we're, we're in the region, our, our Dutch and it's, uh, it's, it's very nice. A lot of scary. I drove, I drove, uh, over a mountain to get to a little yesterday, uh, <laughs> cause I wanted to charge the car. Um, the car charge, oh, I'll tell you what the car charges over here as well. They're a law unto themselves. Um, fucking batshit way of starting a charge um how's it work like so i'm looking at it and apple maps didn't help at all because a it said it was a fast charger and it wasn't so i I got there and it was mm, shit all right it's kind of standard um and um yeah it said it accepted contactless payment so i'm there i'm just like 
there's no fucking card terminal. Like, what the shit? Um, and and then like, I'm looking on it, and it's like, I'll scan this QR code. All right, I'll scan this QR code. Right, okay, fine. Takes me through to this French website, translate into English. Enter the IED. Right, okay, where's that then? And there's all these different combinations of letters and numbers all over this fucking charger, and it's like the fifth one I looked at was the one that was all right. And then I'm like, how the fuck does this thing open? Because, like, the charging port was behind a door and I couldn't open the fucking door. And it was like, okay, so I actually have to go through and pay, like, a deposit, and then it unlocks it, and then you charge, and then it just gives you back the money from the deposit minus the charge you took. What? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Um, it, it, could, could you not just have a card reader on it, please? Um, <laughs> fucking there'll, just there'll be some reason, but it'll be a really stupid reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I will say the Fiat 500e is a lovely little car, turning yeah. circle like a just a beautiful turning circle because he's he's so wee. Um, like good, good, solid, solid range. I drove for two and a half hours and still had twenty five percent charge. When we got here, That's not um, bad. yeah, not bad. I mean, it was there was a fair bit of downhill, but still, like, yeah, not bad. Um, and he's he's nippy as well, because you know there's like instant torque and whatnot with electric cars, but because he's small as well. But yeah, I'm I'm having a I'm having a nice time in it. Lottie fucking hates it because it's a free door. Um, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> nippy little fucker. So yeah. Um, Ardèche, south of France, so far, recommend it. Did have someone follow me to the resort yesterday, and they only turned around when the gate blocked them off, which was a bit weird. Hmm. Um, Still don't know what that was about. Um, I will also say, Apple Maps, sometimes it shows you the speed limit, sometimes it doesn't. And that's fun. Like... I'll just I'll just guess how many kilometers an hour I'm supposed to be going then, shall I? Um, I mean, I will say that's your own fault for using Apple Maps. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I oh, actually, hang on, fuck, there is a Google Maps app that works with CarPlay, isn't there? Yeah, because you is. use it. Yeah, fuck, I use it, yeah. sake. Right, I'm just going to download Google Maps then. Yeah, I can't. I, 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 I'm having revelations. <laughs> it's a good fucking day. <laughs> It is, it is. Um, and also, like, the Heineken is nice and cheap over here. So I've quit drinking IPA because uh, the hops are doing things to my belly. Um, the, 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 right, now, we're going to go, oh. we're going well off fucking bat here. No fucking film chat yet. But fuck it, I'm going in on this. The thing is, I, because I don't drink at home, I only drink when I go out. Um, and so if I'm going to the, the pub, you know, the local pub we've got here um, has a decent selection. Only a couple of IPAs, but it has neck oil on draft and it usually has a couple of guests. So I'm not too bad there. And most places that you go tend to have something nowadays. The thing is, when I was on holiday, um, it, it's not really... The the craft ale culture hasn't really spread to a lot of sort of standard holiday places, I don't think, that is out there. So yeah. I was drinking um, essentially like a Greek lager but I don't think 
drinking, if you're drinking during the day and you're going to be having over a course of from, let's say, midday on and off until like one in the morning, so a 10 to 13 hour period, you're going to have anywhere between 8 and like 15 drinks. I say pints, but 8 and 15 drinks across that period. I don't think I'd want to be drinking like fucking like halves or three quarters or whatever of like a an IPA because it'd just be too it just you'd end up a little bit too heavy on you by a certain point. Whereas I think like in the warmer climates, drinking something that's a little bit crisp can be nice, however gassy. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of all right with that though. It's like I got. A twenty crate of Heineken today, and they're only dinky bottles. They're twenty five centiliters. There was like twenty bottles for twelve euro, and that feels okay to me. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's pretty damn good. I can drink this stuff like a fucking fish. I, I, lo- I like honestly, re- like have it, like moving away from IPA. Like Heineken is now my shit. I. I, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm I'm fucking Carl McLaughlin in blue velvet. <laughs> yeah, um, twenty bottles for like a tenner, isn't it? Effectively. Yeah, about basically a tenner. Yeah. Um. So what's that then? It's like it'd be like ten five hundred milliliter cans. Yeah. Like that. That's 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 all right. That's all right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and they've got they've got Budweiser over here that's like five percent as well, and I mean like it tastes like piss still, but at least it's five percent. But 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 the the resort place that we're at, they sir so they have Corona on tap, but they put the lime in, no questions asked. <laughs> Which it's it's such an oddity in the sense that now you can't drink Corona without lime, in spite of the fact that. The lime is not there for taste. It originally wasn't there for taste, but it's become so synonymous with it that now hang you on. don't have lime with it, it tastes like crap. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. What was it there for then? I don't know the, this. Lime, it wasn't there for taste. They just put it in the top of the bottle because uh, the lime stopped um, flies going around your edge of your beer. That's pretty funny. But a, a lime in a Corona does make it a bit of a different drink. Like, doesn't it's, it? It's it, quite it, nice. It, it lifts it up. Yeah, if like, like if if you ever go somewhere and you get a Corona or anything like that, you're like your instant reaction is, "Have you got any lime?" And if they go, "No," you're like, well, f- "What the f- fuck, you?" It's like it's like and, um, Becky uh, Becky quite likes uh, Blue Moon, but yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. But she'll always say, "Oh, can I have Blue Moon?" But first, do you have orange? And if they go, "No," ah. she's like, "Right, I'll have something else then." Yeah, yeah. Because she's like, it, it is, it, it, it doesn't taste the same. You need to have the orange in it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, oh, blue means quite nice. Um, what's gonna say? Fuck. Um, yeah, no, because I mean, like we, um, so we we got up at like six six a.m. UK time on Sunday for for the flight. By ten o'clock, I was having an airport beer, which was great. Um, and then like you had the flight over, then driving for about three hours. So then by like 6pm UK time, I was like into like my third pint of Corona. I had like four pints of Corona when I got here on Sunday night and then just basically just fucking passed out and it was great. <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it? 
it was ah, oh, it was yeah, it was terrific. Any anyway, anyway. So yes, South of France. I recommend it. It's good. I really, really like France. I really like it. The people are, you know, just they've got a way about them. But I just appreciate how just fucking take it or leave it they are. I, I need to go to somewhere in France that isn't Paris because Paris is a fucking shithole. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. I mean, it's like yeah. I mean, like we went, like we flew into Lyon and that nice little airport, um, and like the drive was uh, the, the drive down down south was like lovely as well. But I mean, we're only about fifty kilometers away from Italy. Um, I was thinking of just fucking off to Italy, like one day, just to say. Yeah, I, I went to Italy as well. To, I fucked off to Turin for a day, but um, the, the the car rental doesn't allow like cross country uh, 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 driving. So and I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to get I, I like I yeah I don't know I don't, I don't fancy getting in trouble with a car rental company if I'm honest. Just, I feel like do they just just over. just drive to the border, park the car up, and just walk it Italy, and then walk back. Oh, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. Sorry, I'm just um, I'll just be a second. Right, I'm just getting a beer, but you know, because I'm in kind of like a caravan-y environment, I can do that while still being on mic, which is uh, which is just terrific. It's terrific to the listeners. It's terrific. Oh shit! Actually, hang on, I just opened one. I got food in the freezer. Hang about. Oh dear. I hope the listeners are enjoying this, and if they're not, I don't really care. Um, so, 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 I got two now. Right. Uh, so, movie news. Uh, Cannes has concluded. Yep. You know, that's that's French. Um, and the film that won the Palme d'Or, Anatomy of a... Something or other. Um, I'm just pulling it up now. Anatomy of a Farewell? Uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Fall. Yeah. So, this is... Um, uh, directed by Justine Triette, uh, so she's the third female uh, director to uh, win the prize. Uh, stars Sandra Hula um, from uh, Tony Erdman. She was the uh, the daughter of Tony Erdman. Um, she's also in the, uh, the the film that was the runner-up, um, Jonathan Glazer's The Zone of Interest. Which do you, do you know anything about Zone of Interest? I don't know. Right, so this sounds like a film that's going to be some fucking difficult viewing. Uh, based on the, uh, kind of loosely based on a novel by Martin Amis, who who died last week, like the, I think like the day after this film premiered, um, and it's essentially about a Nazi concentration camp higher up, um, and him li- just living his life with his family. Um, and almost, it, it basically just about, it's all about the banality of evil. Um, and, you know, how he, it's it's a job to him. And his family are just like, yeah, it's kind of like, we understand why you're doing it. Um, you know, it, it apparently most of it is set just in this family home. That's just this like, taken over home that they've made their own. And it's like, the concentration camp, you don't ever see the camp there is one shot where he's in the camp and it's just the camera looking at him um mm. and then every like every now and then you fucking see smoke stacks in the background of shots and like it sounds like it's going to be 
real oppressive. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like a laugh riot, that one. That's going to be no. an interesting one for Jonathan Glazer as well. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, look, and it, it, you know, Jonathan Glazer, it's only his fourth film, which is which is wild. Um, and it, 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 it's, I, I, I'll, I, you know, I'll watch it. I like, but God knows, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that. I mean, Anatomy of a Fool does sound more, not more interesting, but it does sound like it's more up my street. Uh, she plays a writer, uh, so Sandra Hewler, uh plays a writer trying to prove her innocence in her husband's death. Mm. Um, so, uh, Sandra, a German writer, is arrested for murder following her husband's death in the snow under mysterious circumstances and tries to prove her innocence during the trial. So kind of like tangentially, like, uh, decision to leave-esque in, in, in a way. Um, you know, that was the first film that um, uh, I, I kind of thought of there, and I think may, maybe just because it played Khan. Uh, as well last year but um, yeah it's just apparently it's very 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 good and yeah a legal thriller winning the palm door says to me that's a film that I I need to watch Zone of Interest is a film I need to watch I can't say I particularly want to watch it Um, yeah it's one of those I will watch it but am I kind of like hmm (laughs) but at, at the same time you know unfortunately the, the world at the moment, I think we need regular reminders that fascists are cunts. So, oh, yeah. you know, obviously Sisu, that's not a can winner, but, uh, you know, play, it, plays into, it plays into that as well. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it seems like things were pretty well regarded at Cannes. Um, you know, I think we mentioned it briefly last week, but Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny seemed like people didn't like that very much. But beyond that... I don't remember seeing anything getting daggers yeah. across the board. No, everything everything else seemed to get quite well received, didn't it? It seemed to be quite a positive can experience. Yeah, yeah, quite. So, hey, that there we go. There's can. Um. Yeah, I. Um. Don't think there's really been too much else you know the writer strikes r- uh, rumbling on so not a lot's really getting going at the moment no it's been it's, it's been quiet it, 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 even going from you know segueing into to trailers there's there's not really been a lot because it seems to have all kind of gone a little bit quiet mm. well um, i mean it, i suppose one go on. one bit of infam- of, of what is it that's come out is apparently uh, early talks of a john wick 5 Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that the more that comes out of this, the more it is a fifth John Wick universe film, and not necessarily a fifth John Wick film. It, it it's going to have to be very very good, I think, to to essentially to make it worthwhile. And to better what I think is a nice closure ending for that for that 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 character. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that, that I mean, that's the thing. He he literally died. Uh, you know, fuck spoilers, but yeah. Um, the the I, I the the only thing is, I think we mentioned it at the time of the review. 
he's never actually gone di- again directly like dismantled the high table or something like that. There is something. I yeah. I I I don't. There know. is a further I mean, big bad beyond the big bad that he's destroyed yeah, that he's yeah, defeated. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's always people connected to the high table, but not like necessarily the high table itself. You know. Um, and it, or like like taking on the whole thing. So you know, if they didn't kill him, I'd say you know there's that there is some still story left to be told. But they killed him. But I do think they leave it ambiguous enough that they can they can have it that the high table thinks he's dead, but he isn't. Yeah, I mean, and I, I suppose there there is that, isn't there? There is that. But it, it, it's just it it's an epic. Is John Wick four? It is an epic, and whether or not people liked the length, I know people have problems with the length, and I, I absolutely, you know, can see people's point with 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 having an issue with how long that film is. Personally, didn't, um, but I, I can see why why many would. It, it it did feel like an epic conclusion, and it would really have to go somewhere for a fifth to really. The fifth would have to be an absolute fucking barnstormer um, to make it worthwhile. Yeah, quite. I mean, it. You, you I, I kind of need Keanu Reeves to come out and say, "Yeah, we're doing chapter five. This is the last one. That like this, this, this is it." I, I, I'd like it to come out and say, "This is it. Uh, this was always the plan." Yeah, I mean, and and that would yeah, that would be great as well, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Even if he's saying that, and it's not true. It's like just fucking say it. Make, oh yeah, just 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 fucking better. say it, and just just to make like say people feel better because it's just a little bit like I don't know. I, if you'd have told me before I saw number four, there'll be you know there's there's, there's going to be another one. I think everyone kind of thought there was, but then there was rumours that there wasn't, that this was kind of, that this was the two-parter put together and bits like that. It, it's all seemed a little bit, let's see what happens. I mean, and the thing is, four has been, you know, tremendously successful as well, I think has helped. Yeah, 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 no, yeah exactly. And I, you know, I think about it, that, you know, there are dangling threads. I mean... It did kind of seem like that because there was that mid credits, wasn't there, when Donnie Yen's confronted by the daughter of Hiroyuki Sanada. Yeah. Um, you know, but you've got that. You've got the that guy who was after him and then literally just sits there watching the end. Mm. You know, and it, it feels like there's yeah. more to tell with him. You know, like it, it's you know things are kind of set up in that kind of way, but. It's just like the narrative tension of the ending of the fifth one now. It it feels like it can't be, well, is he going to die? Because they did that with four. You know, know, I I don't know. I I, I think I'd I'd, I'd trust Keanu Reeves and Chad Stahelski. Yeah. The thing is, that's it. I, I... I don't trust the movie studio to not be going. We need a fifth. We need a fifth. Look, this this is this has been the highest grossing one of the lot. It, it's made a fucking fortune. It's going to make a shit ton of money on um, 
you know, on, on digital and probably physical releases for them. Um, you know, I could see the studio lines get going. We, we, we need more, but I could also see Keanu Reeves if he doesn't think there's more left there, just going, "Nah, do you know what? I'm all right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. One yeah. of the reasons why these movies have stayed at the budget they've stayed with the level of quality of, of how good they look um, is because Reeves hasn't got greedy and turned around and gone, I want um, I want 50 million and I want 10%. I want 10 points on the back end. Like, like, like some stars would have had they got to this level. He's very much still, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm all right. I'll do all right out of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, Chapter Four came out on on iTunes yesterday. I, you know, I bought it. I'm looking forward to watching it again and and giving it another go. I, yeah, I, it's what you said basically, dude. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. But trailers. <laughs> yeah, trailers. Um. The only one I remember is the new Barbie one. I watched the new No Hard Feelings trailer. Oh, I haven't seen this trailer yet. How is it? Uh, it possibly one of the worst trailers for a oh, movie I have no. seen starring a uh, a young Oscar-winning actress to the point of where, as I was watching it, I was watching it going, I genuinely have no idea what the fuck this movie is. Like, everything about it makes it look like the movie it is. But then my brain is going, what, but why is Jennifer Lawrence in this? Does, does she have, is it going to come out in a couple of years time where she's going to go, she's going to get asked about it and she's going to go, do you know what? Had a massive tax bill. Or something. Because it's, Honestly, if this didn't have Jennifer Lawrence in it, people would be saying this movie looks like an absolute piece of I, shit. I, th- I think her like her agent has said to her, "You've been out of the limelight for a bit. Other people are coming up. Mm. You know, you you kind of need to make a mark again." Um, I, I, you know, because like Glenn Powell and Cindy uh, Sydney Sweeney have, 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 have like filmed a rom com together, and like they feel like the kind of like the stars of now to be doing a rom-com i mean the, the, i will i'm really really looking forward to no hard feelings because it's jennifer lawrence doing a bawdy comedy which is basically manna from heaven for my particular tastes um, that, that, that that's it i will watch the shit out of it but i'm watching it going right it, it if you you could pick a dozen actresses of the past twenty years to do this mm. movie, and everybody would be absolutely saying, "What the fuck is this piece of shit?" It's and it's it is a skeezy premise as well. It's a premise that I'm surprised is actually getting made uh, now. Well, they torn it down a little bit in this trailer. Mm-hmm. They they make it a little bit different in this trailer. It doesn't sound like she's getting paid to sleep with him in this one. It, yeah. it, it's a little bit different. I think. I think maybe they've gone. Ooh, do you know what the reaction last time wasn't great? Let's let let let's 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 tone it a little bit. But it just yeah, 
It's it's a bad trailer. But also, you switch genders. Even even a lighter, a, a toned down version of it would not pass. Oh God, no, no. You know, it, it's yeah. No, it, 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 if 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 this starred fucking Robbie Amell and he was trying to fuck a younger girl because her parents thought that she was a bit too awkward. <laughs> Robbie like, Amell is a fucking fantastic reach there. I just I, I lit my brain just went who do who can we get that's 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 essentially a skin job but it's a vaguely interesting skin job. <laughs> Are you saying that Jennifer Lawrence is a vaguely interesting skin job? No, what I'm saying is this is a type of role that would normally go to a vaguely interesting skin right. job. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Good. I, I, I was about to have a discussion with you, but that's fine. Um, yeah, it's it, there are there are I, I would say there are less female skin jobs than there are male skin jobs. Yeah, that's fair. You know, there are there, there are not a lot of female skin jobs out there. But one of them is Alison Brie. Alison Brie is a little bit of a skin job. I think Aubrey Plaza for a while was a skin job, but now has has elevated herself out of the skin job genre. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, yeah, Alison Bree's an interesting one. I kind of feel like if she wasn't in Community, I do wonder what her career would be. Or if she wasn't married to a uh, Franco. Yeah, yeah, uh, James's brother. <laughs> yes, if she wasn't fucking James and married to Dave. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which Dave? Dave's okay with. Dave's fine. Um, yeah. Um. So, right, Barbie. I think that we are uh, at a difference of opinion on this one. Well, I, I think I am at a difference of opinion with the universe on this one at the moment. So, I've been pretty circumspect about Barbie. Um, you know, I've been in Greta Gerwig, I trust. This trailer, if it's just going to be as silly as it seems like it, this is making it out to be. You know, but like, kind of like smart, silly. I'm okay with that. But I mean, Ryan Gosling doing Ken, that bit at the end about the doctor bit and like wanting the clicky pen. Yeah, yeah just, yeah. All right, uh, just feed me that. I, I, I am looking forward to Barbie and I'm going to say it. More than Oppenheimer. I I was I was more looking forward to Barbie until I watched this trailer and then I was like, all right, it's Barbie in the real world, kind of fish out of water. How, how I wonder how long it took to come up with that fucking idea. How incredibly Wh- original. Which is fair. And it's just and then even like the the. It's a movie for those who love Barbie and a movie for those who hate Barbie. It's like, oh fuck off! Just please fuck off. Just I I I just want to see it now, so it it, it can. I I really hope it's good. I hope it's fun. I hope it's nowhere near as smug as this trailer is. I hope it's more playful. Like the I, I found the last trailer. But I am I, I just a little bit worried 
that it's it, it's everybody having such a good laugh that I'm going to be there going... That I'm going to be surrounded by a room of people having as much fun as, as the film seems to be having and me just going, I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> Because it, I, 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 basically, I hope that I am being minge-faced about it, but yeah, I fucking hated that trailer, and I've watched it like four times just to see if it's, see if I was just in a bad mood at the time, and I just, I don't like that trailer. It's, it's gonna be fascinating. But, but then I, I, I spoke to Bex about it, and was like, you watched the new Barbie trailer, and she's like, yeah, what do you think? I was like, no, what do you think first? She went, I thought it was great, I think it looks hilarious, it's like, fuck, literally, am I the only person? <laughs> I think I am, which means I am probably wrong. Yeah, look, I mean, I it it, it could go wrong. Like that, that that's the thing. I'm like, I am. But, but, but my biggest worry here is not that it'll go wrong, because I don't. I I, I I genuinely hope it doesn't. My biggest worry is that it'll go wrong, and because of who is involved in it nobody will want to admit that it went wrong and I'll be tearing like my face hair out because I don't have any head hair anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I This one, I think, is... This one seems to be like permeating the culture enough that there will be enough... If If it is bad, there'll be enough noise out there from people who don't really know Greta Gerwig and don't give a fuck about Greta Gerwig, that will make film Twitter people feel more comfortable about actually expressing a, do you know what, it wasn't great. I, I, I'm i more worried about people just going, it's either Barbie or Oppenheimer, you can't like both. Which I think will happen. Um, and I also, well, but I think there's there's so much of people who have literally gone... This is my entire identity now. It's like, mm-hmm. really? What? <laughs> that well, doesn't I mean, make like, sense. That, that, that's online stand culture, you know. Oh yeah, like, it is. It is. And it, it, that, and I think that's an issue that I've got. Is that? And, and, and you know what? Fair play. But Greta Gerwig has very much knowingly tapped into that, and it, it's 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 a very good way to make a, a film. And I'm definitely not criticising here, but it's it's so clever that they've got a hook in people it's just nowadays that that hook when it comes out people will literally just rather than go I need to go to the hospital about this fucking wound this hook that's been turned out they'll just go oh I always wanted a wound there anyway this guy's gonna look cool mm. like, fucking no he's got the hospital dickhead <laughs> mm. it's I am I I just either releasing the trailer that makes me go ah or just let me see it <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we, not knowing what it is. I don't think we need any more. And I will say as well, the casting of Will Ferrell does feel a bit lazy. Mm. Yeah. Who's who, who's going to be like Lord Business for Barbie? Let's just get the same person who was it for the Lego movie. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like that. Who, who, who's who been in a toy movie before? Mm. And I'm sure Will Ferrell's probably getting paid handsomely. Probably wants to work with Greta Gerwig. You know, like I, I, I think there probably is that there, that does feel like lazy casting. But hey, look, let's let's see. You know, it's only a couple of months away now. It, yeah, it's bonkers. 
But yeah, yeah, if you'd have told me like a few years ago that the the, the, the latest Chris Nolan movie um, about Oppenheimer would be getting released on the same day as a Greta Gerwig Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, and that movie will cost more money. <laughs> I'd be like, how? What's going on? It's the fact that that movie as well does seem to be the one that's kind of attracting more attention. Like, I, I you know, I've been, I've been banging the drum all along that I, I'm worried about Oppenheimer's box office performance. You know, and it's just like, if I do, I do just wonder, you know, people can see two films on a weekend. They are not the 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 the, the, the wider audience um, for each movie is different. I yeah, and I really, really, really hope I, I I hope that they they both do do well and not like make make the most like the same amount of money or anything. I think there's going to be different expectations for them, and I I hope they both meet their expectations. Well, each each has to make around somewhere between two hundred and two hundred and fifty mil to be to break even. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. Barbie the death knell for Barbie is if the early bits come out and it starts saying and that the word is this isn't a Barbie movie you take your kids to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, but the, I mean, this is the thing. Barbie will open well, and then it kind of depends on what word of mouth is and things like that. But I think it's it's really it's going to explode out the gates. Oppenheimer feels like it could be more slow and steady as long as it's not overwhelmed by anything else coming down the pike um you know the the week after was supposed to be the marvels it's not anymore you've got the meg 2 coming out a couple of weeks after but they they feel like the last two potentially massive films at the summer box office yeah i i i i I think both of them are gonna be fine to be honest I think both of them. Now, I think if either of them was touching two hundred and fifty mil budget, I think they're both. I think it'd be fucked. But I think the fact that they're both hundred mil roughly budgets, I think they'll both be. They'll, they'll both be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope so. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just. I'm more worried about Oppenheimer. But you, 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 you know, you've you've said anecdotally that non. Sorry, I, I think my fart just got caught. I'm like, no apologies. Um, sorry. Um, you you've said that people are are, are like excited for it, you know. Yeah. So that that that's terrific. Yeah. But yeah, that that that's all for trailers this week. But nothing else yeah. out. Yeah. Alrighty. So, are we are we getting hypnotized? Let's fuck it. Let's go. All right. Okay. So, did Becky not see this? I take it. She did not know. Okay. All right. Cool. So, hypnotic is directed by Robert Rodriguez. And the other credits are basically all of his kids. Yeah. Um, st- seriously, when it said produced by Racer Max at the end, I burst out laughing. Um, the thing is, incredible I, 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 credit. Is, is the kid Rebel uh, is the composer, isn't he? Mm. It's not a bad score. No, the score, the score. Like on, to, to be fair, it's it's a de- it's a good score. Yeah, like yeah, that that kid's actually probably got a career, but I don't know. Just produced by Racer Max, I it's yeah. just, it's just a great it's, it, it is a little yeah, 
Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So, uh, would, would he not sit long enough to learn how to fucking edit? <laughs> yeah, God's sake. Um, so, uh, stars Ben Affleck, Alice Braga, and uh, William Fickner. Uh, so, Ben Affleck plays a cop whose daughter was kidnapped by a guy who then claimed to uh, not remember where uh, he essentially put her. Um, but he's he's getting through life. He's called by his partner to investigate a potential bank robbery. Um, and uh, William Fickner is there. And he can talk to people and make them do things. And it goes on from there. So, all spoilers all the time. Because this film is a twisty-turny film. There we are. Just making that very clear. Um, so, Mark, if you yep. didn't know what year this film was made in, what year would you say what this film was made in? 2007, towards the end of, uh, of, of Ben Affleck. Yes. <laughs> It feel it, it feels heavily jumper era to me, which I think was oh eight. Yeah, so I'm I, with I, you I, there. I, yeah, I'd say that. I'd say it, it felt so. I would say about 2007. So I'm just gonna check to what Ben Affleck was up to in in 2007. Um, so I'm hoping that was before um, before he he made um, shit. What was it called? The, the first film he directed. The name's gone. Gone, baby, gone. Gone, baby, gone. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping it was before that. I'm trying to remember. Was that about 2008? Was that? I wanted to say 05, but I think yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, probably gone 2007. Right. Okay. So I, I would say, yeah, I would say around about that time, and it was just it was the movie he made to pay for Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> it was yeah. It was his paycheck to make a movie that he wanted to make. Why is Ben Affleck doing this? Why is Ben Affleck in this film? Uh, right. I would either like it... The thing is, I, I, it can't be because like, he owes Rodriguez a favour or anything like that, because there seems to be no... There's no connecting tissue that I can remember that Ben Affleck mm. has for Rodriguez. Is there? Am I missing something? <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't think so. No, right. I'd love like him to come out because when he does when he when he does like some of like the director's commentaries or like the cast commentaries sometimes Ben Affleck can be fun on those. Yeah, um, I like to come out and just go. Yeah, you see, I got back with Jayla and we decided to get married. It's expensive getting married to Jayla, so I made hypnotic and that kind of paid for it all. I, I, and I'd be like, right, fine. I, that that's cool. I bet it's really expensive getting married to Jayla. So that that's cool. I, I'm all right with that. Beyond that, I can't understand why you now, Ben Affleck, are making this movie. You don't need the money. You just don't. And it's an absolute. All I kept thinking about during this movie was um, Glass Onion and the. Um, you know, yeah, it's so stupid, it's so dumb, it's it, it, it's almost brilliant. No, it's just dumb. <laughs> that was that was just running through my head throughout the entirety of this movie. It's just dumb. 
And it's it, it's really boring. It's. I mean, the the why is Ben Affleck in this film is a question for the ages. Um, you know, it. I think it was shot like a couple years back. Um, Two thousand one, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it's. I yeah, I I it it just it does feel like a film that they just forgot to release for fifteen years. But <laughs> but 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 except except the just straight up inception rip off visuals at moments. Yep. Um there are a couple of sequences in this that I thought were interesting. Um the the, the the motorcycle bit where he's riding the motorcycle but can't trust what he's seeing and Alice Braga's having to tell him like there's nothing there just keep driving you know I thought that was the thing is yeah I mean and, and Alice Braga is is like a I think she's underrated how much of a, how much of a great badass she can be <laughs> yeah yeah and you know she she. Yeah, she has a a moment, and I, you know I think she's fine here. To be to be to be fair, I think the cast are fine here. I don't think anybody embarrasses themselves with their performances. No. Um, you know Ben Affleck. Too many directors seem to use Ben Affleck as just like a dumpy mold, m- mold of clay. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's basically a human. Basically, I want you to play a human sigh of just fine. I'm tired. Yeah. So tired. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's what he's doing in in this, yeah. but he does, you know, he does it well, and it, it, like like I say, I don't I, I don't think he's embarrassing. So the thing is, Robert Rodriguez, you know, the film that he directed before this was Alita: Battle Angel, which is fun and like it really builds a world. And then he, um, I think he directed some Mandalorian. I think he was like basically the showrunner on Book of Boba Fett. Um, you know, so again, like he's getting involved in this high budget, high profile stuff. And he's made this film where it kind of feels like he's got something on Ben Affleck. Um, and he's just got his family to make a film. It looks like it was like every single location was within a 10 minute radius of his house. It feels Which like he often does. Yep. It feels like a film that, at the end of the day, all the cast and crew got together and Rodriguez like cooked them all some lovely food. And I bet you know, it was it, really nice food. And I bet it was great food. You know, it feels this film just—it's this weird attempt to maybe start a franchise. Did you stay for the mid credits? I did. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, you know, like, how does this film have the balls to do a mid-credits where it's like, I just, fuck you. Yep. The, the, the thing is, Rodriguez is... It, Robert Rodriguez is, is an interesting... He's an odd director in the sense that I think you can take... A comparison um, between him and Quentin Tarantino because you can look back at the Grindhouse project and see where each of them went after that. 
um, and kind of take a little bit of a look. So, post, like, because, let's face it, the Grindhouse project didn't work. <laughs> it was the first real kind of ass-kicking that both of them properly got, um, both sort of commercially and critically. You know, Tarantino mm. had a mm. little bit of one with uh, Jackie Brown, but that was com- critically real light. But wasn't a commercial hit in comparison to like yeah. fiction was, and by and by the time that Grindhouse rolled around, like the 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 critical uh, fucking pendulum had swung back in favour of oh actually like it, it, the general pendulum of Jackie Brown's really good was fully there, yeah. you know. Yeah, pe- pe- people had forgotten that it had lost money. It was just, well, people just didn't get the fact that it was a little bit different to Pulp Fiction, etc. Um, but Tarantino, post that, has done Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which, you know, in the... If you're taking that from there, in like the 16 years it has been since Death Proof, you know, he's made like four movies and... You could say that they're at least four and a half out of five if you're into that kind of movie. Um, whereas Robert Rodriguez has done short Machete, Spy Kids all around the world, Machete Kills, Sin City, Day to Kill for, Elite Battle Angel, Red Eleven, We Can Be Heroes, and Hypnotic. I would say you could make a damn good argument to say that the only actually good movie out of those is Elite Battle Angel and mm. I think you could make a case to say that you may be stretching that a little bit not only that with the exception of Spy Kids uh, all the time in the world all of those movies have lost money <laughs> by a considerable amount Elite Battle Angel apparently did break even but then there seems to be some creative accounting in that one <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I mean, it just the, the whole thing with Hypnotic is that it's just a very Blair film. And mm. it, it... And I just... I don't... Okay, I, I'm going to stop running around in circles and saying I, I don't know what Ben Affleck is doing in this. Like, it, it's a film that has Ben Affleck and William Fickner straight up having a mind fight at one point, And William yeah. Fickner visualises that... By kind of like doing that thing where you like make your head vibrate. Yeah, like you kind of like it, it, go, uh, you know. It is. You watch it going, where are you just ripping off scanners now? Yeah, no, I <laughs> genuinely. Yeah, you know, I kind of thought his head was going to explode. Yeah, and it, it, it just, it's this film, a film that's just chucking all this shit in there and then right at the end going, but do you know what it's all about? Put on your Vin Diesel voice. Family. Family. Yeah, and it, 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 it's... What? What? And even though, to be fair, the Alice Braga... I, I will just say, the Alice Braga bit, where it's like, we're her parents, but I want to use her for the forces of evil. It's like, okay, all right, so she's un, uh, under mind control as well then. Okay, cool. Yeah, it just... it The film doesn't make any sense whatsoever in that regard and also 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 as soon as you see a picture of the kid it's like 
well, that's not Ben Affleck and blonde woman's daughter, <laughs> yeah. is it? Yeah, actually, Ben Affleck's looking at that picture on his phone in that really dodgy fucking, um, like, fake lift that's there, that's like, that's, that is one of the worst sets I've ever seen of a big budget movie. Yeah. Looking at it and you're going, hang on a minute, how have oh. you had a Latina kid with literally the, pli- the, the, the most white woman you can find? Yeah, yeah, no, quite. And actually, sorry, you reminded me about that lift. I, I, I mean, absolutely, it's fucking ridiculous. And just like that lift, it, aren't the numbers almost like on a on like an old mobile phone where it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? Yeah, or is it like it, it, one to nine tops a box? Like one is the first number, and it's like, yeah. in what lift is your ground floor the first number? Yeah, and also as well, there's like there's ridges like halfway up it, like. Like, the, they'd run out of boarding, so used something and a corner thing at the top and just painted it. <laughs> but this is the thing, because it's it's a Robert Rodriguez family production, where it's it got this, like... $65 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got this, let's make a movie, guys, kind of, like, <laughs> atmosphere to the whole thing, where it's, like, the visual effects are just a bit shonky. The production design is a bit shonky. The score is really good because you know if you're talent if you're talented you can make a good score that doesn't necessarily cost money but the things where things cost money are just a bit shonky but you know it's because robert rodriguez is making a film together with my family and we're all gonna have a really good time i'm the rebel filmmaker Motherfucker, you're working for Disney and you've got Ben Affleck and $65 million. There's nothing rebel about you anymore, you prick. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, yeah. It, it's... And the thing is, the twists come and they... But like, they don't make a lot of sense and you're constantly questioning, well, what the fuck's real then? You know, you're just waiting for the... At a point, you're waiting for the rug pull to happen, like, every five, ten minutes or so. And it's yeah. like, right, I probably can't trust any of this fucking shit. I'm just going to let it wash over me. It, it becomes a big old fucking soup of Wizards did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you've got that mid-credits where it's like, oh, and by the way, all along, even though that girl's supposed to be all-powerful, actually, William Fickner was Jeff Fahey. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, what? What? <laughs> Yeah. If, if if you were th- but, if you were that point, powerful to distort the reality, why didn't you win? Sorry, yeah. yeah. At what point wasn't he Jeff Fahey? Because was he Jeff Fahey when Jeff Fahey was shooting everybody? <laughs> it's that's a good it's, point. Yeah, it's a bad movie. Like a genuinely no, it, really it, it, bad movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No. It's yeah. It's 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 a bad movie. Like, my two, just out, my even, two out of five on Letterbox is seeming a little bit fucking generous right now. Yeah, I gave it two, but the more you talk about it, the more it just fucking breaks apart. And, and then, like, it, but like when Jackie O'Hurley t- t- turned up, I was like, when they were at that door, I was thinking, ah, fucking oh, hell, here we go. God. Jeff Fahey, here he fucking goes. Up the door, and I was like, what? is that Jackie O'Hurley? He wasn't in the credits. But and and then, but then at the end of that scene, it's not even Jackie O'Haley. It's just William Fickner pretending to be Jackie O'Haley. It's just, it's like what, like just. But, 
What right, do you think? But, but, got, yeah, oh, but then, fuck even me. at that point, right? If that was just always uh, William Fickner, then why didn't just a minute Ben Affleck? He knows Ben Affleck's got the picture. Why didn't you just fucking shoot him straight away? That's a good point. That's a good point. And also, if this is all a manipulation headed up by William Fickner, why is he revealing him, himself to be William Fickner? Like, all right, Ben Affleck kind of like cottons on to it, but it's just like, no, just double down. You are Jeff Fahey. Just double down on you are like be, revealing yourself to be William Fickner is not going to help in any fucking aspect of what you're. Tra- he's it so much. Oh god, it's a bad film. It is. It is. It's such a bad movie. And uh, I mean, you know like, what? It, all I'm gonna say on it now is, I hope, I hope that fucking wedding was fucking great, and I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, ab- no, absolutely. I, I'm sorry, just like. The kind of like the reveal where they just keep on resetting him, and then it's just like this rinky dink fucking like locations just in a fucking field <laughs> in Mexico. It's, 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 yeah, it's based in a parking lot. It's fucking it's, incredible. It's the, it's the non-union equivalent of the parking lot in fucking Geneva. What is it? They shoot all the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it, yes, it's the Mexican non-union equivalent of shooting against a screen screen in a car park in Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> no more a perfect I, I, summarization of that movie exists. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Fuck's sake! I mean, yeah, it's it's shit. It's it it will be one. Probably the worst film we do a main review of this year. I think. God, I hope so. <laughs> I, I I I think I I'm pretty comfortable with that. It it just it's a it's a real misfire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our audience poll definitely not shit. Thirty three percent fair play, guys. Um, Touching cloth zero percent. Shit forty four percent. And Geostorm twenty three percent. Uh, but honestly, produced by Racer Max, laughs like that don't come around very often. <laughs> no. Nope. Rebel was the most talented person of the Rodriguez family at the, in this movie. It, yeah, honestly, good score. Like, re- yeah, legit good score. Yep. And doesn't just sound like his dad's scars. No, no, no. I mean, it, it feels like a... It, not, not not exactly a Hans Zimmer level, but like someone doing studio movie caliber score work, not yeah. just twanging a guitar. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Also, I will just say it's nice to see William Fitner getting like a good juicy villain role. He's, yes, he's and again, he, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't fuck it up. You know, Alice Braga is like the, the, this is the thing. The cast are all putting in a shift. Yeah. Cast it's just why. The, the problem with why? For Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Robert Rodriguez has filmmaker arrested but development from 2005. Yeah. Uh, God, I hope Ben Affleck got paid well. It's so fucking... It just, again, we'll just end off. It's so fucking weird he's in this. Don't, do not get it. It feels like something Nicolas Cage would be in. Like, <laughs> really ten years does, yeah. ago. Yeah, you leave does. Nicholas Cage alone. 
He's doing good work. No, but it, it, it feels like Nicolas Cage paying a tax bill. Oh, yeah, okay. It does. Mark, Mark. We decided it was. Yeah. I Go was, on. I decided it, it was literally to pay for the JLO wedding. Yeah. Yeah. He. he we, also, he's playing the. He's playing a human sigh in this movie. He's <laughs> tired. He's just tired. Yeah, he's always been like that though. But in the space of two Even months, that Batman, man like has bored Batman. But in the space of two months, he has directed Air and starred in Hypnotic. And Hypnotic it's, is a it's science crazy. fiction action thriller, and I swear to God, he's got more energy in Air. Oh, he's great in Air. Yep. Good film. He, uh, yeah, yeah, it is a good film. I got it downloaded on the iPad, now it's on Prime. Rather looking forward to watching it again. Um, but yeah, Hypnotic, I mean, yeah, just... Oh, we've already done the Definitely Shits, but yeah. Um... Okay, so Mark and I have talked loads. Becky is in the building. How are you doing, Becky? You alright? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? All, all good. All good. I'm going to the Cave of Forgotten Dreams tomorrow. Cave of Forgotten Dreams? What's that? Werner Herzog's Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Oh. I'm going to that cave. Oh, that's amazing. Very that's cool. Take lots of pictures. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, so anyway sorry we've done plenty we tangented like a motherfucker about <laughs> France at the start so um, we, we shall we shall keep on carrying on CS3P Combat Player 1 choose your character tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement Player 2 choose your character while you're in luck Punter. Round one, fight! Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot! I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in. That's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? Bex, what have you been up to this week? Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. Not an awful lot. Really, like I've got two films logged, and they're ones that we watch together. So, have you already talked about them? No. 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 Okay. I have been watching. Um, do you remember me saying last week that I was gonna give that From on Sky a go with Harold Perrineau? Hmm. Been watching that. Would recommend, but it's. It, I don't know where it's going I haven't finished it yet I'm getting there um, but yeah it's some weird shit so basically this town like traps people in itself but from like <sighs> so like the people that are all trapped there are, have all got trapped there from different places so it's not like people are driving down this one road and then they get diverted and they're trapped 
they're in mm. like all different parts of the country and then they travel down a road and there's a tree blocking the road and then they re-divert and then they're in this weird town but not the same road so you're just okay with season one are you Lopez? yeah yeah because so currently airing isn't it yeah Sorry, on, there's always a tree blocking the road, but they're different roads because they're coming from different parts of the country. Yes, from what I can gather so far. Right, okay. And there's one guy that's been there since he was like a kid and he's like, I'd say 50s at this point. And there's just like no way out. And there's these things that live in the forest that come out and then like really quite brutally murder people. Like it, it's quite gory. Um mm. And then there's this one man, and he's like an inventor, and he's trying to work out a way to get out. That's about all I've got so far. Until it, until it does the end of season wrap up, where it kind of goes, ha ha. <laughs> I won't know. That. But it's very good. That, very uh, atmospheric. That, that feels like. An idea for a series where they got no fucking idea how it's going to end when they sold the idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. I don't. A lot of people I've seen talking about it said it's got kind of like lost vibes. Yeah, I, I was huge fucking lost feelings there. Yeah. Yeah. I never watched Lost. Didn't get past the giant polar bear in the jungle. So. Oh, I watched all of Lost, and my fucking word, did that shape my. I'm not really going to watch much TV until I know how it turns out view <laughs> on things. Oh, dear. Yeah, I, 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 I never got into Lost, did I? I made it through the pilot, and that was it. Well, the pilot, like, so pilot we, both, we both stopped at the same time. Oh, I thought you watched more no, of it. No. I thought you watched like, the first two seasons of it. No, God, no. There's some great, great stuff in Lost, and there's some absolute fucking bobbins. And the last season of Lost is insulting. Like it's so fucking bad. Um, and yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry. To be fair, yeah. Game of Thrones gave me that kind of. Am I really going to invest a lot of time in TV shows? Sort of. I, for a while there. I. I got to the first episode of season six of Game of Thrones. I've watched it all up to that, and I was just like, "Nah, do you know what? I think I'm going to get off the train here." And I'm very, very glad I did, given given that the, the, the reaction, you know, really, really shaped that. But hey, Ted Lasso comes out tomorrow as we record, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they wrap that up and set up AFC Richmond. I'm fucking telling you, it's going to be called AFC Richmond. Oh yeah, without question, yeah. I I honestly don't know whether I'm going to watch that last episode. I might get you to pre-watch it for me. Because if it's all just Nate's back in the fold and we love him again, fuck that. Shit. Right. Okay, so let, let's let's talk about that a little bit then, right? The last two episodes of Ted Lasso have started with se- severe. Hang on a second, have we missed an episode <laughs> vibes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like reality, going, we, we we did stop not like this week. Not the week's just gone. We before we'd have to go back, didn't we? And go wait, what? Mm, when what? When he'd quit? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. it is really like I fucking love Ted Lasso, and I'm forgiving it. Or its faults because I I just I like 
most of the characters. I like the world and the, the, the nice core aspect to it. I know has been pilloried, but Jesus fucking Christ. The, 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 I don't know. There's enough like shit in the world. I'm kind of alright with nice stuff, but... But... The episode before last, starting off in that opening five minutes with Nate's left West Ham. What? What? Because <laughs> Rupert tried to get him to cheat on his girlfriend. He like okay. I think we maybe need some follow up here. Oh no no no! But in this episode, we're also going to have a a moment where Rupert and Rebecca kind of connect, and Rebecca like realizes she doesn't need it so we, we can't quite go that far right okay so you fucked yourselves there and then this one it's oh Nate did the fucking kit man's job for him for one day so now we want Nate back and everybody's yeah. okay with it apart from Coach Beard and then Coach Beard has this monologue kind of out of nowhere which did a very very good job of why he's okay with it, but because he because he used to take drugs and he stole a car once, that it's not uh, even remotely the same fucking level. No, 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 no. Yeah, and it's no, it's 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 not. It's it's not. But at least the, the what I, I think what I'm trying to say there is they actually made an effort there to give some time to trying to explain it instead of just going now this has happened, which has happened a few times this season. But mm. I really, really like the cast. Ted Lasso barely seems to be in Ted Lasso. It's like there's a little bit where it is. It'd be sure would be nice if there was some Ted Lasso in your Ted Lasso show. Um, but at the same time, I'm forgiving it all that kind of stuff because I just really, really fucking like them. I've just had a notification on my watch saying that I'm in a loud environment. It's because I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I just if I could watch the last few episodes of Ted Lasso with all the fucking Nate stuff edited out of it I'd be happy because the, the, the thing is I, I want to watch the last episode because I want to see how it rounds out but if it rounds out with him coming back to Richmond which it's going to I'm going to be really fucking angry because I think he, he comes deserve, back to re- he doesn't he doesn't re- re- deserve the redemption he's not I think sorry go on he, he's an objectively bad person and he's done objectively bad things and he's not really done anything to signify that he's sorry for them. Well, I think that, that, that's what the last episode... The problem is the last episode... It, the thing is, and I agree with you, <laughs> before he starts shouting at me, uh, is um, he hasn't had the apologise to Ted moment. And that's the bit where they, that they can make it they could maybe make that land. No, because he shouldn't forgive him. I, but I think that the, I think the fact that the show is literally about just the good nature of one guy and how that good nature of that one guy has spread to all of these people's lives. Mm. It's the he's going to go away, having made everybody that he's touched um, whilst being whilst being manager of AC Richmond a better person he's made all their lives better that's fine but then the central messaging of the first three seasons is going to be you can be befriended by a nice person 
fuck them over as much as you fucking want try and destroy their life and they'll forgive you because they're a nice person so if you're going to fuck people over fuck over nice people but I think it's also it's just that Ted doesn't have time for the for that yeah he's a nice person but you prefer to be a nice person and that's be wrong than to ever not be I think that's that, that, that's kind of the thing it would be very it wouldn't be it would be very against the character of Ted Lasso if he didn't forgive yeah oh yeah no I know I know that I know that the show the, it should have just let the Nate character fucking go off to West Ham and just just fucking die out of the show this, this and this is the thing I, he's gonna come back he's gonna have that moment with Ted and then he needs to fuck off whether it's Managing a, a, another club, or just going off with his girlfriend, he cannot be a part of the of the spin-off. God, because what do they do with the him? Thing is, can you imagine if the thing is that Ted goes and he takes over as manager? Of no, because they no of... and uh, no, they they are setting up Roy. He's yeah. doing the press conferences and whatnot. You know, like it's. It's go- I, know, I, get, I, get, I get that, and I do agree that that's probably what's going to happen, but can you fucking imagine if it was, Nate? No, I, I mean, God... I don't, it, I don't think it, they're it, daft. No, I don't think they're that daft. But at the same time, also, he can't he can't be, like, assistant, because Beard, I think Beard's going to stay, because he's got yeah, Jane. He's got Jane, hasn't he? You know, so, they're, they're, you know, there's that. It would interrupt the, the dynamic too much... Like, if Nate... Uh, seriously. Because, I mean, like, the whole kind of, like, Nate quitting West... Uh, like, he was the manager of West Ham. Now he's just waiting tables thing. It's so... I, I, there's an aspect of it where it's like, how much involvement do they actually have from people who know football? Because, you know, they they, they did do the whole kind of, like, that, that scene with the... the, the the, the couple going like, is do you think it's because of drugs? You know, they they, they are doing that, but it do, it does just feel too fanciful. Nate needs to help Ted with something. And also, sorry, God, I'm complaining so much, but I really like the show. What the fuck? The fact that we are going into this one with Richmond potentially winning the Premier League after being promoted last season is fucking ridiculous. Well, the fact that throughout the entire season, West Ham have been the ones to beat speaks to the fact that the people making this know nothing about football. You, hmm. There's had to be an, an element of suspension of disbelief in terms of for what's happening with the football element. But it just, which I'm kind of all right with. Yeah. Have, have them have them gunning for European qualification. Yeah. You know, like it's fucking outlandish for them to be fourth, but. Sure. It's just the fact that, okay, now they're running up against Man City on the last day of the season and they were promoted last year. And why? Because Ted discovered total football? Yeah. I just, do you know what? Maybe, maybe it speaks more to me as a person. I want to see Nate sad and lonely and fucking destitute. I do not want a happy ending for him. Fair play. And maybe that's I'll take, a certain bitterness in my soul for those that have wronged people I care about. But yeah, yeah. he fucked Ted over and could have ruined his life. And he's just going to fucking forgive him. 
And as an audience, we're supposed to forgive him. No. I don't, I don't think we're as an audience, we're supposed to forgive him. I think as an audience, we're supposed to accept the fact that Ted is better than we are. <laughs> but, and, 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 no, and I that's mean, that, that's... It, it, that, yeah, and I mean, that, sound, that sounds a little silly, but it's also spot on. Like, that's the thing. It's like, Ted, like, it, you know, this... this this is it. It's like all the panic attacks and stuff that he's had, like over the last few seasons. They've never really gone into that, you know. And it's all obviously leading to he's going to go back home to be with his son, you know. And it's it feels weird that they're being so cagey about it in interviews and stuff like that. It's when just it's, so it's it is so fucking obvious what they're doing. Um, Oh, you know I, I mean? I, I, so in in the mm. recent episode, um, they kept doing this thing, didn't it, didn't they? Where they where he went to introduce that misguided girl that works in the restaurant as his girlfriend, yeah. and she wasn't there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really hope they're just fucking setting this up that he's had like some awful mental break and he's imagined the whole thing and he's just fucking sad and lonely. But no, no, I don't think that's where they're going with it. It kind of reminds me of the short. No, I watched this short film once where it was like 10 minutes long and it was about this guy like meeting this girl and having a relationship with her and um, like kind of getting married and having difficulties and whatnot and then getting divorced. And it just ended with like cut to a shot of him just wanking over um, (laughs) like a, a picture of the girl. And it was just like, what? what the fuck and it's just like this 10 minute like life of a, of a relationship and it was just him having a wank yeah. <laughs> sorry it just kind of reminded me see I'd, I'd love it if that was what it turned out to be oh man and he's imagined them going and asking him to go back and everything good that's happened he's just imagined it but I mean that. they yeah, it would kind of explain how random it was. Just like the fact that it kind of started with them rocking up to that restaurant and going like, Nate, we want you back. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, but, it, it, there's been a few little bits of... But, balls in this one. But, you know what? It's because they've been fucking pouring all the gold into the Roy and Jamie stuff. Because That's that great. If, if I could super cut the series into just stuff that involves Roy and Jamie Tart... I'd be fine with that. I mean, that that stuff, it, like the moment that Roy and Keely are in that um, in his bedroom, and it's the picture, like the poster of Roy <laughs> and the poster of Keely, is fucking yeah. incredible. Like that, that's the thing. It's like Brett Goldstein is so fucking good, and I like I want him to be the lead of the spin-off very, very badly, and I think it's going to happen. You know, and it or or at least like the main character, not necessarily the lead, because Roy Kent. There is a little bit of an aspect of kind of like one trick pony about the character, but I really like the trick. Um, But but you know, you've got like the evolution of Jamie. You know, like I think Coach Beard is a really really good support character. You've got like Rebecca and like what's happening with her and um, uh, Sam. You know, like there's. There's so so many threads that they're not going to resolve in the season finale because you can just spin it off. Mm. Uh, and and let, let's just 
have this collection of characters. New people come and and go. Old character, old characters leave and whatnot. You know, and and just have this series that doesn't necessarily need to be centered around one person. Which, to be fair, Ted Lasso hasn't been centered around put one person since about halfway through season one. You know, and and it, it almost kind of feels like if they had the time back, would they just be calling it AFC Richmond now? You know, Actually, uh, it, this series has had more of every other character than Ted Lasso in it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. yeah. I, you know, I, I, the therapist lady back. The sports psychiatrist lady. Yep. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But yeah. Really, really. But uh, yeah. About the episode. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm glad it's obviously not going to be the end. Um, yeah. um, but I hope it's the end for Nate. He can. As far as I'm concerned, he can have an happy ending, but it has to be a fucking ending. No, I want him dead. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> it's not going to happen, so... Well, she watched. Well, we watched... Um, what's it, didn't we? So we watched The Day After Tomorrow. Yeah, that, it's this week's... Ooh! Dash Me Hawk. Da- dash Me Hawkathon. Yep. Yeah. Um, dash Me Hawk, I hardly knew her. Thank you very yeah. much. It, 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 it's this week's that uh, Bex literally said to me as we started watching it wait this has got Dash Mihawk in it I was like it fucking surely does there he fucking is arrives straight what does he play him. does he play the wolf he's <laughs> Dennis Probably. Quaid's assistant he, he, he's, he's Dennis Quaid's assistant oh wow okay yeah. it's a good part it's a good part it's a big part isn't it it is yeah he gets yeah. dropped on his head at one point <laughs> <laughs> as, as like the as like the big weather bits coming in where everything's starting to freeze mm. uh, and Dennis Quaid and him and the other guy are on their way walking to uh, New York and everything's starting to freeze Dennis Quaid's got to kind of get him into this um, what it turns out is like a restaurant isn't it mm. um, and he's got to get through that but he's on a gurney because he's injured his leg so he literally just pushes him through it and he lands literally on his head and the next minute he wakes up, like later on, he's like, "Oh, how long was I out for?" He's like, "Like maybe like twelve hours." He's like, "Why does my head hurt?" And Squidge kind of smiles at him. <laughs> it's a great film. Is that tomorrow? Like it's 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 a disaster movie, and they, and they generally are a little bit dumb, some to a higher extent than others, but. It's got fucking layers. They're what if movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're what if movies, and the thing about what if movies is when people start going, "Well, that won't happen because of that." You're like, you're like, mate, it's a what if movie. Mm. That's the thing. I think a lot of them, they make up for what they lack in logic with, with the. It's gonna sound fucking cheesy, but with the heart. Yeah. Like you're really fucking rooting for people, and so you don't really care whether it could really happen, because you're just so wrapped up in. Oh my fucking god! The the snow's coming. Are they gonna get past? Yeah, but also, seeing massive weather in films is always quite funny. You love a weather I movie. I love a weather movie. Yeah. Big yeah. weather's good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Should be more weather movies. Yes. What else we watch next? You can do this one if you like. No, you can do it. I've taught loads. So we also watched White Men Can't Jump, original recipe. Oh okay. Um, and. Uh, it's significantly better than the remake. The remake's fine. The remake's fine, but this is... Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Levels. Yeah. Stratospheres. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
The dynamic is, is great. Woody Harrelson is better in this for me than Wesley Sipes is. The, yeah, it, he is. The, but what's really... I think what's really fun about it, the more you watch it, I, as I've watched it throughout the years, because I've been watching this movie for like 31 years now. Fucking nerd. Um, and I, I, I would say that I have probably seen White Men Can't Jump probably as... It's probably one of my five most watched movies of my life. Um, but the more I watch it now, the more you look at it and go, oh, yeah, this movie isn't making any, like... Um, and I, I, I read about it afterwards. Ron Shelton's actually confirmed this and said that the movie isn't trying to hide that the best basketball player in it is Woody Harrelson's character. Yeah. Yeah. That he is levels above all the rest of them. He's just not very bright. <laughs> and he's like, and he basically said the reason why we got Woody Harrelson in and why it was like an essential that we had him, he had to play Billy Hoyle, is because A, nobody at a time could play not very bright like Woody Harrelson. <laughs> and, and B, Woody Harrelson is renowned for being a fucking great basketball player. <laughs> like, could have been like low level pro. Uh, whereas Wesley was okay at basketball and we trained him to look better at basketball mm. but Woody Harrelson is a very very gifted basketball player yeah but yeah it's it's great because you never noticed how like much of a piece of shit Rosie Perez is at part yeah no no because I think the, the film focuses a lot on him letting her down and being a bit of a flake but <coughs> if you watch it more from a focusing on her point of view she, she kind of is yeah 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 like when when he brings home money it's her money when she brings home money it's also her money and he's just just too dumb to fucking realize he's being like financially abused yeah he's, he's too much in, in love with her there yeah um but like there was like i was saying to you on that 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 in a, a longer cut of the movie that, that got bits got cut out mm. was the whole like through thread that she was actually a um an alcoholic and like the debt that he thinks is his has nothing to do with him. It's actually her debt mm. um, that she's arranged to make it seem more like it's his, and that that, that she's only with him because yeah. of that. Great fucking movie, though. Just ridiculously entertaining, and and a, and has a lot of basketball in it. Does have quite a lot of basketball. Unlike the the remake. It's you. The reimagining. The reimagining. I, I remember there being a lot more made of the fact that he can't dunk. It's really just very throwaway, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's that he doesn't, and he can't dunk at that moment. And then he does. Yeah. In the big game. Yeah. Yeah. But I, just, which, I remember it focusing more on that particular plot point, and it just... I don't know. Which I still maintain that had, had somebody who had a true love of the original been anywhere near the remake would have had the two guys that they play basketball against at the end should have been Leslie Stites <laughs> and Woody Harrelson yeah. it should have been Sidney Dean and Billy Hoyle maybe couldn't get him there's no way that they wouldn't have been able to get him there's no way Wesley Snipes Wesley Snipes would have done it for the money and Woody Harrelson would have done it if Wesley Snipes was doing it because they're both still really good friends like Woody Harrelson mm. would have just done it for the shits. Yeah, Woody Harrelson would have been like, "Yeah, I got them." 
The only reason why they might not is is if one else has gone mind these creek way to see what's Because Woody Harrison must be he must be sixties by now. Sixty one. Well. And Wesley Snipes is sixty yeah. Also, yeah, I that was, was looking at Woody Harrelson and going, yeah, that could be my new look for the rest of my life. <laughs> like Bermuda shorts, massive trainers and fucking t-shirts. Did make me want to buy some fucking Reebok pumps. They, yeah, they were good. That's funny when he's when he's going in for the... Dunkin' yeah. him up. That is, is that all you watched? Yeah. Sorry. Well, I've only got two more. Do you want to do your... What have you been watching, Ian? I'll do my after that. Oh, don't make me go... <laughs> Ah, uh, don't mind. You can do yours oh. if you want. It's all good. Well, I, I, I watched two other movies. I watched The Edge. Um, oh, the yeah. Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin movie. Yeah, man. Where, where Alec Baldwin just plays just just cocaine. <laughs> he plays cocaine the person. Nice. Good. To the point of where literally he points that out, the character points that out at one point, when they're lost in the forest, um, and um, Hopkins, who was going through that phase of playing, like, just really rich, really, like, smarter than everybody else characters, where all he has to do is just kind of stand there and go, yes, mm, mm, mm," and then say something really slow and quite smart really went through that phase for about 10 years mm. of just playing that character yeah yeah um, well there's a moment in this where he's having that moment and he's saying to um, Alec Baldwin's character so, so what would you normally be doing now then at this time of day and he's like I'd probably be doing cocaine off a supermodel's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at it going does Alec Baldwin think that that Anthony Hopkins has asked the character that question or him that question. <laughs> because they're both the same answer. <laughs> um, the Edge is... is what am I saying? It's not a great movie, but it's really quite watchable. Yeah. Like, it, it's really quite watchable because for a lot of it, it's Anthony Hopkins just sort of saying things with enough authority... But like, not like a, this will definitely work. Just a, oh, well, you, did you know you could do this? And you can do this, and it'll make fire. And I'm like, really? And he's like, well, yes. And it doesn't. <laughs> um, and Alec Baldwin kind of like half trusting him and then not trusting him. But with this through line all the way through it, that Anthony Hopkins' character is convinced that Alec Baldwin's character is trying to kill him. <laughs> to the point where you've got to start going... Wait, is he? But it turns out it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Actually, is the edge. I had a good time with it, mm. and it's. It, it was like the. It was one of those films where um, it became kind of synonymous for the fact that um, that Alec Baldwin um, grew a beard for it because he thought his character should have a beard in the. When they were lost in the wilderness, yeah, um, and uh, the director was like, "No, no, you, you wouldn't. You aren't lost long enough to grow that beard," and he refused <laughs> to shave it nice. <laughs> for ages to, to the point of where I'm fairly certain there ended up being a a riff on it in um, a De Niro movie. 
where Bill, where Bruce Willis plays the character, a character who won't shave his beard off until De Niro's character uh, convinces him to do it. And then like, he only shaves off half of it as part of the deal to start off with. So he can be shot from one half. Okay. I can't remember what the film was called now. But yeah, the other movie um, I watched was a continuing in the series of Mark's watch, watches movies that he watched when he was young. I watched mm. the, two, the 1992 movie uh, by, uh, I've just realised the director was actually John um, Turtletown of like The Meg <laughs> and Swordsman's Apprentice and The National mm. Treasures. Mm. It was his debut, Three Ninjas, right? Which is about three brothers Right, and they happen to be get get. Can you guess? Are they ninjas? Accountants. They are ninjas. Oh, <laughs> they're probably all accountants now. Um, yeah, it's not very good. This, like, really not very good. Like some of these it? movies that I go back and watch from my youth, and I go, that's still pretty good. Three Ninjas isn't. I'm, I'm not going to watch the, the the three sequels that it had. Three. As well. And the TV series that wow. it's on, in spite of the fact that it didn't actually seem to do that well, really. I mean, two and a half million budget and it made thirty million dollars, so I suppose that's not too bad. Um, mm. But what I will say is, this is this is unequivocally a kids movie. It's very much a, a kids movie, right? Mm. Yet the so the head villain uh, because Victor Wong um, of uh, Big Trouble Little China fame. Mm. Plays their grandpa who teaches them how to be ninjas during the summer. Uh, their dad doesn't agree with this, um, but like, you know, it's part of their mom who is quite clearly white, by the way, <laughs> like really white in no way Asian at all. Mm. Um, it's part of like her heritage, except it's not. But when like the big bad guy Snyder turns up who is also a ninja and it turns out was trained by their grandfather and he is now a big time crime boss who's been investigated by their dad who hates ninjas because he's an FBI agent cool Snyder but ninjas aren't real ninjas are real Becky no they're mythical no they're not Um, Snyder goes to see um, Laurie the, the grandfather and in this quite obviously kids movie, by the way, Snyder at the end of the movie gets taken down by a handful of jelly beans. That's how much of a kid movie this is. Right. So in the little face-off he's having uh, with with Victor Wong, the way that he threatens him is really like fucking dark. He basically says, um, "Oh, and." If if I manage to kill Sam, who's the, the father, who's going to be there when me and my boys, pointing at his henchmen, go round uh, to your daughters? I don't think her honour will remain intact for much longer after that. <laughs> wow. Like, Wowee! Whoa! <laughs> Did you just basically threaten to gang rape this guy's daughter in a kid's movie? <laughs> How would you explain that to a kid? <laughs> it's yeah, it's just like, wow, that was fucking dark. That slipped through. 
Yep. I don't think her honour will remain intact for much longer. <laughs> I had to re- rewound it twice just to see if I'd missed something. Yeah, that, that, that's a wow wee and a half, that is, mate. Fair play. Yeah, and that's all I've watched this week. Apart from the, the movie we're going to review soon. Okie dokie. So, watched a few things. Uh, so, uh, don't think I'd seen this before, but I'd seen it plenty in the projection booth. But um, uh, Roger Donaldson's The Bank Job. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so this is uh, Jason Statham, Saffron Burroughs and uh, others. Um, and, yeah, based on a real-life uh, raiding of a bank vault, and it had some dodgy pictures of Princess Margaret in it, apparently. Um, and yeah, like this was, um, it's quite fun. Um, you know, it, it, it's the, the, the heist only takes up like the first like hour of the film and then the reigning 45 minutes, kind of like the fallout. There's a, there's a lot of spinning plates in this. There's, there's a lot of characters with particular interests in the material in the vault. And, um, I thought it actually spun them pretty well. Uh, Statham is good. He he has this kind of like romantic subplot thing with Saffron Burroughs, even though he's married to Keely Hawes um, in it, which um, kind of just padded things out and added fuck all to it, really. Um, but it's entertaining enough. You know, there's... Um, some good tension in moments and uh, yeah it it was absolutely fine I just I remember it playing for fucking ages I'm just going to grab a drink and continue talking but I remember it it playing for fucking ages when uh, when I was in the cinema and I, I, I think that absolutely makes sense because it's a film that just absolutely appeals to your guy like slash girl who just wants to go to the cinema and watch a Jason Statham thing about a bank heist. You know, it's not a film that you need to get to right away, but you see it in the listings and it's like, right, it's a Thursday evening, we don't have anything to do, what's playing the bank job? And then you and 50 other fucking people are thinking exactly the same thing. Played for bloody ages. Um, but I never got around to watching it, and I, you know, I, I I enjoyed it. It it was it was decent, and you know, Stephen throws a couple of punches, but it's, most of it's about his fucking personality, and that's great. You know, so there you are, the bank job. Nice. So next on the plane, uh, I downloaded a bunch of stuff uh, off of various streaming services. On the plane, I did a rewatch of Ivan Reitman's maybe last film, Draft Day. So, Draft Day, it, Draft Day is bloody good. Yeah. It. So it it just it's this film which has a quietly really good cast and one of the hosts of Blank Check, um, and he's fine. He plays the intern. He's all right, um, but you know you got Chadwick Boseman uh, up in there, Terry Crews, uh, Dennis Leary playing playing the coach, and he sparks off against Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner, um, uh, Sam Elliott's in there for a scene, Alan Burstyn, 
uh, Alfred Molina. You know, it, it like quietly just really good cast, and it's just a day in the life. You know, it, it's this this coach for the Cleveland Browns who, you know, uh, he fired his dad the previous season, and his dad died, and he he was a club legend. You know, and he's he, he he's like got this dilemma about whether to sign this star quarterback and kind of fuck over the next few seasons of drafts um, to say, basically to save his job because Alfred, uh, Alfred Molina, fuck's sake. Did I, say, I said Alfred Molina previously, didn't I? Who do I mean? I mean Frank, Frank fucking Langella. Why did I go from Alfred Molina to Frank Langella? That's a leap. see some connective tissue there. No, there's not. That's just, it's just me being an idiot, but bless you for saying so. So Frank Langella, Alfred Molina, Christ. So yeah, Frank Langella is like, you signed me a fucking box office draw, damn it. But there's just something about the player. So it's Kevin Costa dealing with that. Jennifer Garner plays um, like the, the kind of the head finance woman for the team who he's having, uh, he, he's having a bit on the side with. Not an, not an affair, just like they're keeping it on the low, low. She's just told him he's preg- uh, she's pregnant. He's not pregnant. That would be a twist. Um, you've got these, other, like, the, the quarterback for the teams, like, fighting for his role. All these kind of, like, differing kind of threads. And it's just weaved together really nicely in the space of, like, an hour and 45. And by the end, you've just, like, got a really complete, solid meal of a film. Mm. You know, it tells its story... It's got some good tension. It's got some laughs. It's got some drama. Costner and Garner actually have pretty decent chemistry together. Um, you know, uh, there's a age, there's a fucking age gap there, but you know, you can't, it's it's okay. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it 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 just flies along really really well. It feels like it would be a great sick day film. You know. A flight film, just one where you can watch it and it catches your attention, but you don't necessarily need to think too much. You just yeah. you just l- l- let it happen. This this I I am now thinking this is a this is a really good plane watch actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It worked very very nicely, and it, you know it just wraps things up in a nice tidy bow. And I would have watched draft draft day two the next season. You know that yeah. that that would have been fine, and you know that Ivan Reitman does some interesting kind of like visual stuff at times as well. There's like there's a lot of phone conversations, but like you'll have someone on the other side like walking into the Kevin Costner shot, but not like he's actually in the environment, but just kind of like his the image of his body walking around, just interrupting Costner's frame. You know, it's like the kind of like the power dynamics of of the calls are quite well played through the visuals there. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a really good time. Um, and the last thing before our second main review. So I was talking about Mortal Kombat last week. I was like, want to watch a Mortal Kombat movie? So do you know what I watched this morning? <laughs> Which one did you watch? I watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So. How was that? Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I'd never seen. 
and I'd heard it was really, really bad. So this film is directed by John R. Leonetti, um, who uh, I believe was a production designer, directed Annabelle like 16 years later, um, and uh, or a cinematographer. He, like, I think he shot The Conjuring. Um, and following on from Paul W.S. Anderson's 95 original, this came out two years later, this film is basically if the first film was a Power Rangers episode. <laughs> so the first one, as, you know, it, it, it's got some production value. It looks alright. There's some imagination to it. I swear to God, in this one, there's a shot where three, there's a sequence where three people are fighting and they're basically just jumping about. Um, <laughs> just somebody who doesn't know the controllers and he's just hitting jump, thinking it's kick. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. They're just jumping over each other. It's fucking brilliant. Um, there's one fight that just looks like they just filmed it in a quarry. There's no crash mats or anything. It's just like if you get hurt, it's for cinema. Um. <laughs> Um, Christopher Lambert didn't return as Raiden, so they got James Remar. Because yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's just like the most obvious replacement for Christopher Lambert is James Remar. And the thing, I don't know, it's really, it's weird because it literally, they recap the end of the first film. So the, the first film ends and it's like, um, Lou Kang's like won the tournament, so... You know, the outworld can't breach the the human realm for another generation. And at the end, it's like some shit starts happening in the sky and they all strike their poses. And it's essentially, the outworld people just go, fuck it. You didn't, like, yeah, you won the tournament. We don't care, we're just going to invade anyway. Completely invalidates the events of the first one. Kills Johnny Cage in the, in the opening six minutes. Um, he's just fucking dead. Um, I quite like Johnny Cage in the first one. Nah, he's dead. I'm assuming the actor was like, I, I don't know, you could have me for like a day. Um, and then Shao Khan is the is the bad guy in this, and he's played by Brian Thompson. Brian Thompson, yeah. <laughs> If you don't know Brian Thompson, Google him. You'll know Brian Thompson. I remember him most in my youth as the alien bounty hunter from the X Files, um, but he's you know he's he's been in stuff. Um, I, I don't know, just like the most white American bodybuilder man you've ever seen playing Shao Khan, just feels very very weird, um, and it it yeah, it's just. A bit of plot and a really low budget fight and then a bit of plot and then some of the worst CGI you will ever see. That is so, so bad. And then the film just gives up at the end. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. I mean, I, I suppose that's not a surprise, but it's really, really bad. I look. I, I was reading. I put it on Wikipedia after, and like the producer was like, "The studio didn't give us time to finish it. They just released it. That's not the film that we were intending on making, dude. Like, come on. Like, you, you, the 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 scenes do stitch a story together. 
that was the film you're intending on making. It's just maybe you wanted some better CG. I don't know. Um, they they introduced the animality aspect here, um, which is a problem because the CG is like people turning into like big fuck off dragons, and it it just oh. yeah yeah it 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 looks rough. You know, like the the original Mortal Kombat was pioneered for. It pioneered like using just like digital, they they basically kind of like not motion captured, but like keyframed real actors doing the poses and stuff. So it looked like real people in in the game. Um, the original Mortal Kombat video game for like the SNES and the Mega Drive has more impressive imagery than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, it's God. There's this one scene where, like, it's like two minutes long, and it's just people trying to like uh, say why they should be Shao Kahn's general, and it's just like, why are we fucking watching this? What? Why? Why are we watching this internal power struggle discussion? I don't. I don't care. And just Brian Thompson, very, very bold Brian Thompson. Pretending to be Shao Khan. Bad film. Bad, bad film. And I watched it. <laughs> How long? So, a bit like 90 minutes ish. That's good then. Like 90 before credits, I'd say. Hey, look, right. I just. I, I watched it on my iPad with a few cups of coffee outside this morning um nice. oh donna donna has returned and so is lottie sorry i will be back in a second hey guys you're right yeah there's a storm coming there's a storm coming okay right i will uh just get out the way you okay yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, no, really. Right. I've got about maybe twenty twenty five minutes left. Okay. Right. Sorry about that, and uh, if I forget to edit that um, out for listeners, apologies. So, uh, there's a storm coming, apparently. So, uh, I've got a feeling you might hear a shitload of rain soon. So, let's let's get into it. Uh, Sisu is directed by the guy who directed Rare Exports and Stars People. Um, apologies, I'm rushing a little bit, because if it does start raining, it's going to be fucking noisy. Uh, Sisu stars, uh, it is about a Finnish dude who discovers gold. He's uh, taking it uh, somewhere with his dog, gets apprehended by Nazis, but actually turns out dude's a bit of a ba- badass and he uh, likes killing Nazis. Becky, Sisu, thoughts? It's very violent, isn't it? It is violent. It's very violent. Um, didn't enjoy the horse getting blown up. Did enjoy the fact that the dog survived. Um Loved seeing the Nazis all getting their asses kicked. 
very very simple story but just very well executed I think for me it was everything I hoped it would be and more I've been so excited for this film that's it Mark in a nutshell yeah it's not really my discussion if it's just me <laughs> uh, yeah I, I was I was, I really enjoyed the trailer but then was a little bit kind of worried going is that going to be all it's got? But is that all it's got? Because for 90 minutes that, that worried me a little bit. Um, I do think it gets a little bit repetitive at points. In the sense that that literally is all it's got. But I was entertained enough um, by just how violent it is. Yeah, I think that's but, it. I, I think if you make your baddies bad enough... Yeah. Just seeing them getting eviscerated is fine. And, and how much fun it has with its violence as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I, 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 I very much enjoyed, like I said, the, the, the landmine, throwing the landmine at the guy's head was, was very fun. I love that. That was a high point for sure. Um, and just, it, it looked grim. The, um, the girls getting their, their, their piece of vengeance. Mm. Um, was, was, was quite nice within it but yeah it, it's it's one of those that it, it it does it does well for its run time if it had been a minute or two longer yeah it could have got... I might have struggled a little bit mm-hmm. it, yeah it, it it fills its time perfectly fine but you couldn't have stretched it yeah no you, you, you couldn't um, but yeah um Jorma, uh, to me, is very fun. I like the fact that he doesn't say anything until the very end. Yeah. Which is which is then he's basically just it's bagged really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think the um, the the guy who does who's like the main Nazi, mm. he does really well. Like really fucking making you hate him. Like he, that's really well played. Yeah, but he's not. He's not not cartoonish. He's not cartoonish. Mm. Just play a Nazi and just scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a German yeah. accent. Um, yeah, and I it, think the it, like you say the, the girls like that could have just been a real kind of nothing bit, but they actually kind of they they, they they don't just get saved by yeah. him. He helped. He 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 aids them in saving themselves. Yeah. Um, just. Just to say on the um the the the, the lead Nazi guy, I, I I thought it was smart that they kind of said it quite late in the war, and he's just yeah. like, we need this gold because we're gonna lose, and yeah, when it, we it, lose, not, we're it, fucked. There's, there's no, yeah, there's, there's no screaming. We're doing this for Hitler. It's we're doing this for us. Yeah, we need to we need yeah. to get out. <laughs> yeah, we we need we need to be at a pay for those fucking boats to Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Ian? Um, I think I'm maybe slightly being a bit of a minge-faced joy assassin, to quote a Mike Chinstroker term. Um, slightly. I thought it basically did what the assignment and based like nothing else. Um, I I enjoy watching Nazis die, but I thought it was very repetitive. Um, there's just very little tension in this dude just gets out of every single situation he's in 
just every, every single one he's in, he gets out of. You're kind of like, you're looking at the ways that he gets out of them. I, you know, the in the, the in the lake, like breathing the guy's lungs was great. Like that, <laughs> yeah, that, was good. that was fucking ace. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it just, it's, it's one of those films that just reminds you that Nazis were not very nice people. Um, you know, and, but, and does that in an entertaining way. Um, they, they, yeah, I mean, like the, 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 the women aspect of it, it's not exactly overplayed, but just like that one shot of them all kind of like walking along triumphantly and brandishing weapons and stuff. It just kind of felt, are, are you just kind of ticking ever so slightly ticking a box there? I could have done with maybe a little bit more of them to make them seem like less of an accessory slightly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, look, it's, it's fun. It's violent. I agree. Not a big fan of the horse thing. Was glad the dog was all right. Um, the ending is fun. I'm at a three out of five with it. That's the thing. It's like, I don't think it's shit. I don't think it's touching cloth. I think it's a decent time, but it's one of those ones that makes me just kind of think, it would be the best film playing at Fright Fest in a particular year. Yeah, it would do. It'd be the best film playing at Fright Fest that I'd come out of going, that was fucking great, really enjoyed that. And then realised ten years later, I have never watched it again. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, I appreciate I'm I'm being slightly minge-faced about it, but I I w- like was on the beers watching this. I was in the mood for it. And it still didn't quite strike so um but but bex like uh, glad you watch it i don't i I, I liked it i certainly don't think your opinions in invalid or anything like that i can understand people enjoying it i like it just it was it didn't quite hit that sweet spot for me it's very much your jam the way to this kind of thing bex i do really enjoy violence you do really enjoy violence like the first time when he stabbed that guy through the head you turned around and went (laughs) went Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, because he, he does like both a horizontal and vertical through the head at two separate points in this film, doesn't he? Which And that that's great. Diagonal would have been good. <laughs> yeah, should double diagonal. Yeah, it's a very yeah. stabby movie. It's been like one of the most stabby movies since um, Olympus Has Fallen. But it's stabbing Nazis, so that's great. Stabby sound effects as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I I did like the fact that that he he is comically unkillable. <laughs> yeah, because that's like that's that's kind of the point. He's yeah. not immortal. He just I just, to die. I, just wanted yeah, a just bit. Just fucking stubborn. To die. <laughs> I just I yeah yeah which is which is yeah that is fun. But when it happens like four or five times over, I you know I I I I, 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 I get it. I think that would it, if he if he looked like he got out of these situations easily and uninjured, but he gets some fucking gnarly injuries. But, but the one that was bothering me at first was the plane. When the plane crashed, I was a little bit like, "I mean, come on!" And then when I realised it crashed it on Marshland, I was like, yeah. "All right, fair enough, well played." <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what what is it? How is it he gets those awful injuries to his face? That's on the plane, isn't it? Getting whipped to the face with the foot, is it? That's horrible. I didn't like that. (laughs) Flap of skin hanging off his cheekbone. (laughs) Grim. Um, When he sews himself up as well, that wasn't wasn't fun. Oh, fucking pouring the petrol on himself as well. It was fucking harsh. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and when he holds his weight up when he's hanging by just 
re-stabbing himself in a stab wound with a prop. <laughs> but the, the other bit there is, it's so it, it, it does literally at points like have to sleep and pass out from all the shit that's happened to him yeah. on three occasions, mm. which a lot of movies don't do. No, no. Um, yeah. Um, I was genuinely right on the edge of my seat throughout this movie, waiting for that fucking dog to die horribly. <laughs> I'm so glad it didn't. But, but I, I thought the dog should be fine because literally at the it, moment where you think he's about to kill the two German shepherds that the Germans have got and instead of killing them he sets himself on fire <laughs> and then jumps into a lake was fucking beautiful yeah because yeah, I, mean, I mean weirdly this film is a little bit nice core because it's like the only the only people who really, really like who die are not nice people yeah. And a horse. Well, a horse is a prick. Right. Horses are not pricks. They are. No. Oh, that he seemed really sad about his horse. He did really, really sad about his horse. Yeah. Hmm. I like the fact that one-eyed dog survived though. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a cute dog as well. They are cute. I can't remember what breed that is, but they are good with the with the froofy bit on top of their head. Yeah. Just froofy all up, all, all through. Like that's the good thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you look. You, yeah, definitely. Look, definitely not shit. I'm, I'm being a little bit minge faced about it. Stop being minge faced. I, yeah, I, I'm definitely not shit. Um, I'm three. I, I'm like three and a half out of five, seven out of ten. But really, like solid. Yeah, enjoyed the shit out of that. In a, a couple of years' time, when you inevitably go, let's watch Caesar again. I will be like, yeah, it's only an hour and a half long. I could easily watch that again. I mean, it will be a couple of years time. I know you'll watch it about fifteen times between now and then. Uh, our audience poll: definitely shit eighty nine percent, boom, and shit eleven percent. Are people like violence as much as I do? They do, yeah. Nice. Ah, they're just Nazi sympathisers. Yeah. It's a good release. Watching something really violent is a good like Thank release you. of like endorphins. Yeah. Especially when it's towards Nazis. Yeah. Just on on mute. Uh, I think was I on mute? Just saying like they're Nazi sympathisers because I just want to apologise for saying that. <laughs> no, you did come through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a big old mosquito in here. That little fucker. Right, hang on. Let me try and kill him with some deodorant. Oh yeah. Unless oh, what you threw it at it. Oh no no no! I just got I just got a roll on deodorant and just smashed that mosquito. Wow! Take that malaria. That mosquito. Oh mate, eat. Uh, mosquito family, I care not for. <laughs> if the, mosquitoes. More people than anything else in the world, Rebecca. If yeah. if mosquitoes want to make a Zizu esque film about me being their ultimate bad guy, like, and they've got a Zizu esque mosquito that must kill everything to get in my path, then I welcome it. He's not immortal. He just refuses to put down the deodorant. It was it was it was a Calvin Klein Eternity for Men deodorant stick. I just bopped at it. <laughs> Questions, Twitter questions. Uh, Dylan Black Lantern says, do any of you still buy film magazines? And if not, when roughly did you stop? Mm. So, I had a subscription. I film magazine, just full disclosure. Fair play. I used to always just read yours. 
I had a subscription to Empire for a, a good long while, and then um, one day clicked that they they just seem to want to talk about TV and Marvel quite a lot. So I'm not really that interested in that. They they've swung back round slightly. The the, the 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 previous editor Terry White, who you know had a, a, a tough beat because of like COVID and whatnot, but um, they, they she seemed to jump on the TV is the new movies, and then the new and then whatever's left of movies is MCU, which I get because it it drives sales, but the um, the editor now Nick DeSemulant does find space like every month for a couple of features on um like older films or like just you know kind of like evaluations of things there was a piece that he did about like silent era stars a little while back which was interesting and kind of unexpected but i don't buy it because i get it with apple news plus you know so i've got i've got the apple one thing so i get like music and news and blah 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 and you know, Empire's through there. Total Film's through there. Little White Lies is through there. So I'll just okay, skim things. Yeah, they're all on there. I haven't ever looked at the magazines thing. I mean, I I used to have, I used to get Total Film, Hot Dog, and Empire every month. Um, and then Hot Dog obviously went. Total Film went, and I was still kind of getting Empire. But at the same as you, and I, I had a subscription, so it literally arrived at the door um, and then I had it must have been it it was when we were still at uh, Foscourt so it must be like what about 10 12 years ago mm. um, and I remember getting it um, when I had just moved to Briar Drive actually so it was about, about 10 years ago I remember getting it and like reading it and getting to like a good like halfway through it and going, I, I I haven't read any of that. None of it was of interest to me. Mm. There was like loads about like TV stuff. There was like a few. Rev- there was it was like a lot of reviews, a lot of advertisements, and then it got to like, the actual first feature. It was like I am like halfway through this magazine and I've not read it. And then like the back thirds all adverts as well. Yeah, and so I was like, I'm I'm paying now like a fiver for something a month that I'm reading maybe. 10 pages off mm. and it was I, I kind of went I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out I've bought it a couple of times since for like train journeys and bits like that and every time I buy it I remember well this is why I don't buy it <laughs> yeah but maybe I might do it uh, read it a little bit on the uh, on my um I Apple, t- yeah. Apple News. Now that's the thing. It's yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's not going to cost you any extra. And I, you know, unfortunately, I don't know what that means. But like how much money they actually get from it. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's <sighs> Empire is an interesting one because it's like they. I think they probably make quite a lot of money out of their spoiler specials now because they got they charge like five or six pound a month for them. And then you know, again, COVID is COVID. But it was. Just, they they do a lot of just like recapping the Mandalorian and recapping MCU shows, and not necessarily doing spoiler specials on films. And it's I'd pay I would pay like a five or six pound a month if every single one was a film and it was like a deep dive and then interviewing like the creatives and whatnot. 
But when it's just like forty-five minutes of someone of a few people banging on about the Mandalorian every week, it's I don't care. Like, why would I care? Um, yeah. And, and they're, you know, they're, they're catering for an audience, and it, it, it's fine. And if I'm like slightly aging out of that kind of thing, then that, you know that that's that's cool. Um, but you know, it just it'd be nice if there was a hot dog, if there was like a balance between sight and sound and Empire. Because there's not, like t- total film is is fine, and it is more film centric than Empire has been, but it's still, I, yeah, I, I just, I yeah, it's something it's something in the a, in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking. I'm, I'm literally looking at total film right now. And it literally is just a magazine, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. yeah. Ah. I might give that a go. Give that a bit of a read. Right, we do have one more question. Um, Rick Kid, Rick Jacob uh, says, "Just caught with air. Um, what negotiation would you like to see a film about? Um, could be a business negotiation, political negotiation, or hostage negotiation, or something else." It's a really good question. This. I have a really random one that I think would just be fun. Okay. Right? So, years ago, and I'm going to go back to, I'm going to get the exact year, bear with me two seconds. Um, So, back in the day when um, Ronaldinho was leaving... um, PSG. Yeah. Um, his he was about to sign for Manchester United, and um, literally was going to sign for Manchester United. All sorted. Alex Ferguson apparently was literally waiting for it. The United contingency were there. All agreed, and he was travelling there. So what Barcelona execs literally did was essentially hijacked him at the airport in Paris and put him on a private plane that they said was going to Manchester. <laughs> uh, <and then laughs> That's pretty good, sorry. They flew him <laughs> from uh, from Paris, got on the plane, still telling him that he was going to Manchester uh, and flew him to Barcelona <laughs> instead, whilst all the time... Just type, giving little hints, saying, "Well, are you sure about South Manchester? Because there is all this interest from Barcelona, apparently." And because apparently the Barcelona had just spoken to his representatives and said, "Look, we'll give you this." Mm. Uh, essentially, bribed them into agreeing to do it. Nice. Um, and yeah, and in the end, he ended up signing for 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 Barcelona instead of Manchester United, based upon this. <laughs> and just like a, a real fun kind of like tongue-in-cheek, like, almost comedy-esque thing done about that, I think could be quite a fun movie. Yeah. You know, there's a few of these. Like, um, there was one where, um, when um, Ian St. John signed for uh, Liverpool, he was about to sign for somebody else, I believe it was Tottenham, 
he was about to sign for. Um, and so uh, Bill Shankly literally got Bob Paisley to drive to Scotland to pick him up. Um, because before uh, Tottenham could get there, and basically got him in a car and drove him back, saying that they weren't going to let him out of the car until he agreed to sign for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that'd be one of mine. Just a real random one. I. You see, I, I'd kind of like a social network too. It's not necessarily like a business deal, but just kind of. So I'm ever so slightly drawing out the lines here, but just you know, Facebook buying Instagram and buying WhatsApp, and then Mark Zuckerberg like go like go like the Cambridge Analytica thing, and then going all in on the metaverse, and I just I feel like it, it's mad that the social network is out there. And it was like, at the time, it was like, here's the story of how Facebook was made. And then after that, there's just been so much more, like, (laughs) drama around Facebook. Where, like, now it's like one of the harbingers of the apocalypse, basically. And the, the social network kind of, like, contends that it was all about the fact that Mark Zuckerberg was pissed off about a girl. Um, yeah, and now, now, now it turns out that he's just he's just a piece of shit who does care about the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's another mosquito. I'm just gonna try and kill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, you little fucker! Did I get you. <laughs> oh, he's panicking. Oh, the, sound, the sound effects he's, on that second one was great. He's panicking. There's some hot baguette. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm 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 okay for hot baguette. I'm trying to kill a mosquito. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, please. Thank you very much. Um, he's disappeared. I'm going to have to get him later. That little fucker. Right, okay. Sorry. Um, Becky, what about your one? I don't know. I can't really think of a negotiation-based one. I would really like to see like a big short-style movie that tackles the progression of the shit show of the last few years. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm ready. I think just done too close to home yeah but I just think like I think there's so much shit that's gone on over the last few years that just like if you were asked to like write it all down even in bullet point form you couldn't oh yeah because there's so much that's happened and that's just in this fucking country yeah there's an element of of literally like when people say the the satirists have got nothing to write anymore Mm. because life is just Satire. Yeah, I mean, even going down to the fucking the, the current what's just what's happened today with the whole WhatsApp messages. Oh, God. oh not having them over. Oh, we've lost them. Oh no, wait, we don't have them. His lawyers have them, and he wants to hand them over. But you know, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> that is a whole what's in those messages. And the uh, and if anyone's seen the uh, mild political thing, and I promise we'll stop the uh, eighty second clip of somebody asking Rishi Sunak about it, and he just keeps on repeating the line he's trying to say, and you can literally hear the person tens of thousands, just go, tens of thousands. Just, it's just amazing. Sorry, <sighs> about halfway through it, and it, it's just it, it's you can visibly see a very small man shrinking even more into the 
I'm not very good at this. Yeah, but he's, he's not going to do the right thing and quit, though, is he? Because they don't have a shred of the right thing in them. I, 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 I really haven't got the patience. They've the mental capacity to get in at this now. No. <laughs> I think that's what they rely on. No, no, I... I, 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 I people I'm hopeful that it's not going to be a problem in, like, 16 months' time. It's a real long time. They can do a lot of damage in 16 months. Look at the last 16 months. Yeah, but but just just I've got hope. Like, let me cling to that up. Okay, fucking idiot. <laughs> well, that was our last question. That's fair. I think I'd make a real good movie, but I think I'd like to see it after we're out the other side. Yeah, let's get ten years down the line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 have things where everything doesn't feel like it's fucking crumbling, where flat earthers are actually given a legitimacy. What? Yeah. I don't think I'll get that and far. And then, like... I like to think. Yeah. I don't... Mm, <laughs> get, like, real offended and, like, invoke freedom of speech and, like... um, Like, diversity of belief laws and stuff like that, don't they? It's, it's bonkers. Yeah. Flat Earth is our word. The Earth's round, people. Anyway. Interesting note on which to end. next week So... Uh, coming up next week, uh, a couple of potential bangers actually. Oh, so we've. Shit, I literally got here. Oh, hang on. What? What are you talking about? Oh, hang on. It's because I, I'm on mute. I was on. <laughs> so I'm trying to fucking control the mutes here. So I was. I'm not on mute on Audacity. So you'd have heard me starting to talk and then Mark and Becky going, Where's Ian? Because I'd muted Skype but not muted Audacity. It's very confusing. I'm really looking forward to being back to my normal setup next week. Because usually I just mute my Yeti microphone and then that yeah. just fucking mutes everything for me. So, um, yeah, coming up next week. There. God, no. That thing's heavy. Um, so, uh, coming up next week, we got a, a couple of potential bangers. We have got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which seems to be... Getting some legit, this film is properly great reviews. Yep, which is which is fantastic, and uh, Rob Savage's new film. So, uh, which also apparently really does the job. So, the Boogeyman. Looking forward to that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 do those. I, sorry, that that kind of ended weirdly. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of distracted because I don't think I killed that mosquito. Oh, there he is, that little fucker. He's back. Hang about. Hang about. <laughs> right. Come on, you. Right. You've got to fucking die. Did I get him? Oh, fuck. I don't think I got him. I don't know where he is. Oh, he's up there. Hang on. Right. No, he's gone. Oh, he's up there. Fuck you. No. Oh, he's behind the curtain now. Hang on. Yeah, no, no, I don't like you either, alright? Don't get him. So much, so much murder. Don't get him. Hang on. I don't even know how he got in here. There's a mosquito net in here. Yes! Fuck you! Oh, oh, fuck! He's alive! <laughs> Such a beautiful way to round out the show, I love it. 
I got him. Massacre in Mosquito with a... Oh, like, shit. Kind of he's fucking... Oh, he's gone. What's in it? Sorry. Art oh, lots. I just very killed a mosquito. How many times did it bite you? Sorry? It didn't bite me at all. But I'm protecting my family. Mommy's killed a giant mosquito so far. Okay, alright, I need to finish recording the podcast. I'll be with you in a couple of minutes. How many times did you say to I said it a few times, I'm sorry. Alright, love you. Right, sorry. It's, um, so, um, uh, Donna gets insect bites like, like no one's business. Um, so I'm particularly sensitive to killing insects because she has a really bad time with them. Anyway, I uh, hope everybody just enjoyed me live killing a mosquito. You definitely um, leave that in. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll leave it in. Uh, right. Okay. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed that show. Sorry for the r- randomness and, and, and the murder. I really fucked that thing up, though. I'm going to take a picture of it. It's really dead. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye, Mark. Goodbye, Ian. Goodbye, Becky. Bye, Ian. Go fuck yourself, Jason Reitman, and we're out. Good night. (laughs)